BiPlus, podcasting for the BiPlus universe. I'm Elizabeth Meacham, here with my co-host, Mick Collins, and today we welcome Jen Winston to discuss their upcoming book, Greedy Notes from a Bisexual Who Wants Too Much. Welcome, Jen. First off, welcome to our Thank podcast. Thank you. Super and, excited to be here. And we're excited yeah. to have you. Um, could you provide a short introduction about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Jen Winston. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. Um, I am an author, which still sounds weird to say, of a memoir in essays uh, called Greedy, Notes from a a Bisexual Who Wants Too Much. Um, It's sort of a personal history uh, that uses bisexuality and my bisexuality as a lens to look at the world and um, my own sex life and intersecting systems. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's me. I also, uh, oh, oh, I run a newsletter called the bi-monthly. Um, and I talk about bisexuality on Instagram a lot. My handle is at generous with a J. Well, tell me about this newsletter. I didn't know you had a newsletter. Yeah. It's that. It, well, originally the bi-monthly was going to be like a, a bisexual event series that my friend and I wanted to start, um, but then COVID happened and I was like, I'm going to steal the name and start a newsletter. So um, it, it comes out every month, just like me, hey, but um, it, it, uh, yeah, every month I talk about a different um, bi issue and feature a different like bisexual to follow um, and yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun to write. I've, I found that a lot of people resonate with the themes. Um, like last, uh, the last issue, or maybe it was two issues ago, I did, I, I posted a question on my Instagram story asking um, for people in uh, straight assuming or straight presenting relationships um, to share their, to share their stories of like being bi in those relationships and whether that influenced their coming out journey or whether they were out or how their partner had been supportive. And I got like thousands of responses, which is like, there's thousands of us. I, yeah, totally. And, um, like so, so many responses. And so I just like included a bunch of those responses in last month's newsletter. And I got a lot of feedback that people really felt seen by it and were excited by it. Um, so yeah, um, to where, do the you, next... where do you host it? Is it on a, it's on Substack. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Right. Yeah. And, um, the next one, which will probably be out by the time this podcast airs, uh, is going to feature a guest essay from Rob Cohen, who runs the two by two by guys podcast. Cool. Um, one of the two by guys. So, yeah. Nice. We'll have to get links up on the website for that. Then, yeah. Oh, that would be curious. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Send that to, send that to us. Definitely. I will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, what inspired you to write about your journey towards fully recognizing yourself as a bisexual? Um, I mean, Toni Morrison said this quote that is often quoted and I'm going to like misquote the wording, but um, that if the book you want to read doesn't exist, uh, then you have to write it. And I really, really felt like I needed a memoir about a bisexual journey. Like so many, uh, I I love memoir as a genre. It's taken me a long time to appreciate it as a genre, even though it's always been the genre I like to write. 
Um, I learned through like the early 2010s um, when Gia Tolentino and a lot of other amazing journalists were kind of writing about like in defense of the personal essay um, because it's always kind of been used as a tool to tell stories of identity and stories that are less often told. Um, and so I learned to appreciate it fully through, at, through that time period. And now I don't have any shame around liking it, but for a while I had a lot of shame. Um, but that's how I learned about everything, really. It's how I learned about uh, how to be a woman, quote unquote. Uh, it's how I learned about uh, like the experience of being a cis gay man. It's how I learned about the experience of being uh, queer in some capacity. And I had read a lot of books that had touched on bisexuality like as a chapter or like as an aside. Um, but I really wanted one that was just like immersed in it. And I uh, often when I'm talking about my book and what drove me to write it, um, I cite the work of Shiri Eisner, who I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but uh, reading Shiri's book, which is called By Notes for a Bisexual Revolution, really helped me uh feel proud to be bisexual and it was the first time I had felt that because I had just felt all these stigmas uh so heavily um and then I started through Shiri's work I started to realize that bisexuality was really this um political you know identity and and kind of an ideology and it really aligned with the way I see the world and just the way that I've the unlearning I've done over the past few years, uh, which has really taught me to question all binaries and all these different interlocking systems. And so, um, yeah, so Shiri kind of awoke that fire in me. And I'd been working on several book proposals in the past, most of which had my bisexuality relegated to a chapter. Um, but then I started talking about it on Instagram and I found that like people were really, really hungry for content about bisexuality. Like it is, I mean, you know, you run a podcast about it, yeah, so yeah. I'm sure you're aware. Yeah. 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 This is all the job of culture building, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, I have to, I told Nick this um, before, <laughs> before we started going, but uh, I started reading your book. Um, and I have it on Kindle. That's the format they gave it. In. And I have um, Tree Eisner's uh, book on the same Kindle. And I started reading your book, um, put it down to go do whatever I do, <laughs> you know, and they came back to it. And I'm reading it. And I'm like, wow, this got serious. There's so much content in here. It's great. It was Sheree Eisner's book. <laughs> oh, but well oh my so god you have so no neatly. idea how yeah. like much that like yeah. flatters me it's meant like as a compliment but it fits so neatly because that's where you were going kind of and but in a more uh you know mem memoir driven way and hers is very political um mm -hmm. but yeah so it's hard for me now to parse out uh what's Cherie's and what's yours oh well <laughs> like, I'm like wait no this is laid, laid back yeah, yeah. well yeah. I mean that's that's one of the reasons I always want to like cite Cherie's work so heavily because I know that like it hasn't like I know that it's kind of been like co-opted and the ideas have been kind of taken yeah uh in the past a lot um and then it's also like bisexuality is a, a 
a whole like area of thought, I guess, where like mm-hmm. not a lot of queer theory resources have been dedicated. So yeah. like the, like, I feel like I am like talking to most of the queer theorists now that I like read, which is like yeah. phenomenal. I'm yeah. completely starstruck. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm starstruck to be here, but yeah, um, oh, yeah I, That's a it's just, yeah, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm super happy, but um, yeah, it's just not, uh, there's like, you know, in, in other fields of identity work, uh, like, um, I don't know, like trans theory, there's like so many trans theorists, um, who like their work overlaps, you know? Um, and I think, uh, like they borrow from each other's ideas. And I think something I was kind of hoping to do with this book was like, inspire more discourse about bisexuality like always citing the sources of course because like Shiri is such a radical thinker who like Mm -hmm. really changed my life um and hopefully we're going to be doing like an Instagram live sometime and I will just weep the whole time (laughs) um so tune in but um uh I I really just am hoping to hear a lot more like people's thoughts about bisexuality and I, I just I love talking to by people who do this work about it because I feel like we've all come to this sort of uh conclusion that that it really is about like challenging all these binaries and I feel like it's it's sort of like a secret from the rest yeah. of the queer community yeah. Yeah, yeah. that this is what the bi community is doing it's because we're subversive um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're like we're doing it at, at sex parties. Um, but uh, no, but that does sound fun. Um, but yeah, I think um, I, another another thing actually that's interesting, uh, my friend Ben, who is in the book, uh, he's my friend, we dated at one point and um, that relationship is in the book and he's bisexual. And he kind of came up with the title for me. In fact, before I had engaged with Sherry's work, um, because I, I was thinking about this long before I uh, started actually writing down the proposal and stuff. Um, and he was just like, you know, they always say like greedy, bisexuals are greedy, but like, why is that bad? And See, I, I, you know, yeah. I've never heard that. I only hear that from bisexuals. <laughs> but I've never met anybody. That's You've never told, heard the greedy thing? No. And I've never well, met anybody that's been actually told to their face that they were greedy. I've, it's like something so, we're passing around. I don't know. I know what you mean because yeah. I actually haven't heard it either. So when people ask me why I named it greedy, I'm like, well, it sounded better than confused. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. yeah. I, have, I have actually heard it though. You have? Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah, it does exist. It was years and years ago when uh, the term bisexual was still kind of this almost underground thing and told, oh, well, you're just being greedy. It's, you know, it's that whole get to have fun, but have the privilege to type of conversation. So when I saw the title of the book, I was like, oh, that's funny. Oh, that's, that's what that's it means. Great. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that I wanted yeah. it to be, I think like most bisexual people know that it's a stigma, even if we haven't been told it. Like uh, my in my proposal, like the overview I wrote for the book was that like, if you look up a, a list of things bisexuals are sick of hearing greedy is like number one on every single list and i i have throughout this process i've met a few people who've been told that um so that's what you know have your cake and eat it too Mm -hmm. that's that's what i've heard 
Yeah. yeah. But, uh, from maybe that's the same. Word. Yeah. And yeah. then yeah. actually that's, but it's interesting you bring up that phrase though. Cause I started looking like, I remembered those books from childhood, like Mr. Greedy, Mrs. Yeah. Greedy. Yes. Those little spiders. And yeah. Yeah. And so I ordered it. I was like, I wonder what this was about. Like I had to know. Um, but it turns out it was just super fat phobic. Like it yeah. was about like eating too much and yeah. it was like, okay. So I, I think that's, that's one of the, I, I am glad I did that though. Cause that's one of the reasons I wanted to like explicitly talk about like fat phobia. And there's an essay in the book called true life. I masturbate wrong, um, which is sort of about like beauty standards and, yeah. um, but also just, uh, like sex positivity in general yeah. and like what it's doing to beauty standards. Um, but I really wanted to like underscore in that essay, like, uh, uh, that, like, fat phobia is wrong and like mm -hmm. I, and how it had affected me because it is like it, it wouldn't have made sense to me to write a book called greedy and not like explicitly touch on that yeah no there's a lot of a lot of things and like I'm curious though just putting all this basically putting yourself out in such a very uh frank and revealing way how mm -hmm. was it intimidating or frightening at all to lay everything out for everybody to read I mean, I, I weirdly feel more comfortable once everyone like knows all the details of my sex life. Like, yeah. I just, I always like, it's like, now that's an, out in the open, like we could talk about what's what we want for dinner or something, you know? Um, so the weird thing though, and I won't go, I can't go into that much detail about my day job. Um, but I will say that I just, I recently switched jobs at the same company. I switched roles. Um, and so I've been like my, my old team, which I was on for three years, they knew I was like, they know who I am and they know I like, like do sponsored content for vibrators on the internet, like all the time. And my new team <laughs> does not know that, but they also know that I have a book coming out in two weeks and I'm like, they're like, we can't wait to read it. And I'm like, maybe <laughs> perhaps you should not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so that's also why like the dedication is to my parents who promised they wouldn't read it because I think that was an act of love on their part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, they, I, I actually circled a few chapters that they could read. Um, and so they've, they've read those, but um, cool. yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of like with my, my kids, uh, friends, parents, I'm always worried when my, you know, it's like, like how much, should the are these people going to know if they you know find the mm -hmm. podcast it's like going to be a lot of explaining to do but yeah. well and i think so much of that also has to do with the like sex stigma around the word bisexual mm -hmm. like uh, i actually i caught myself having a serious moment of internalized biphobia uh like a few weeks ago when a reporter i was talking to a reporter who mentioned that uh her wife was bi um, and that they were talking to their like four-year-old about it. And I was like, Ooh, like I like flinched. And then I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why is there anything wrong yeah, with that? Like I'm bisexual. It's yeah. fine. Like, and, but in my head telling it's still like, it was so, it was so much of the reason I didn't come out for so long, um, is because I thought that saying I'm bisexual meant like I have threesomes and like, that, which is also what I was doing. So I like couldn't prove that yeah. wrong. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I, I equated the two, I equated the term bisexual with sex so much. Um, and I think 
a large part, like what I've been so intrigued by with the work that's being done in the bi plus like community. Um, like when you, when you go on Twitter and uh, see who has like the bi flag in their photo kind of thing um, is that it's very uh, it's like, so detached from sex for obvious reasons like it's just about community like it's mm -hmm. it's not a sexual thing as it doesn't as it doesn't need to be um but yeah i i i could i've always kind of wanted to be a sex writer <laughs> um so i just enjoy writing about that yeah. i like it's the only thing I really like to read yeah. so um that's why i worked it in but i was really happy that shiri's work allowed me to do that in a way that felt like organic and productive for the bi community as well. Yeah. I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with sex. People have sex. Exactly. Of course. I don't know why it's upon bi people to totally silent about that, you know. Um, it's but okay it's because of sex. like, it's okay that we're sexual beings, you know. Totally. But, um, and but, I think it's been yeah. a lot of overcompensating, like, especially mm -hmm. in the movement, um, like in, in the actual like work that's been done and also like those spaces are, just aren't sexual spaces and that's fine too yeah like i'm not yeah. i'm not criticizing that yeah yeah i mean well yeah we're not having sex right now <laughs> no <laughs> but, speak hey, for you yourself well, <laughs> no my I'm videos kidding. off for a okay. yeah there you go let's skip for a minute yeah just, yeah great <laughs> but yeah um okay uh you talk a lot about your experience in uh gay, lesbian, straight bars, you know, spaces uh, that aren't um, necessarily bisexual spaces. Um, how would your dating experience, do you think, be different if that was available, if bi spaces, if there were a bi bar um, that existed? So actually, there is a bi bar in Ooh. New York. I found this out Ooh. after I finished my book. It's called Mood Ring. Um, I didn't oh, realize it was a bi bar, but like, I then I, I was like hoping to have my book launch party there, but for I'm, I'm going there to celebrate my book launch, but I'm not having a party. But um, then I went to go buy their merch and they have this amazing sweatshirt that says discover bisexuality. Like they're very like their whole thing. Um, but I, I think they don't even really talk about it that much. The fact that they're a bisexual bar, yeah. it's sort of like on the DL, but that's what they are. Um, but I think it, oh my God, it would have been phenomenal to have a, like every bi person who I tell that I, the, that the bi-monthly was originally going to be like an event series party thing. They're all like, oh my God, yes. Like, uh, like I want that so badly. Yeah. Um, and I just think like having, I, there, there are spaces that are like sexually fluid spaces, but I am really struck by the fact uh, a, a few things. Um, most of those spaces like center people who are more comfortable with their queerness than I was at the time, um, uh, like at the time pre coming out. Um, but also most of those spaces uh, intentionally center black, indigenous, Asian, and um, other bisexual or other queer people of color. Um, and I think that is just incredibly telling about the uh, idea that binaries are so linked to colonization and like the the idea of having like a solely gay and a solely lesbian space or like a, and a solely straight space is a very white construct 
Um, yeah. And so like I, there's an essay in the book um, kind of about, about a lack of bi bars um, and, and a lack of bi culture in any sense beyond the meme. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, in, in that essay, I, like, I was, I was, I had been thinking about that for so long. And then like, as I was working on it, I was like, oh, obviously this is just like white queer culture that I'm critiquing. Like the, there's so much of the non-white queer culture that is like much more fluid and welcoming and like yeah. uh, less, yeah. Um, I noticed that when I first started investigating, you know, on um, online buy stuff, um, there were a lot more people of color than if you look up uh, gay spaces, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't, I don't, I don't know why that is. Like the first buy theme song was by that I heard was by Living Color, you know. And oh, what was it? Um, I think it's called Buy. <laughs> it's great. Called buy. Well, hey, there you go. Yeah, look it up. It's really sounds good. like a TikTok trend yeah. waiting to happen. Yeah, <laughs> it got banned in uh, oh someplace over in. Southeast Asia. I don't, mm. I don't know. Well, if it's Thailand, been banned, you know it's good. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like and that's fire why their, track. Their whole album got banned. Um, but yeah, it's it's from the '90s, and I was in college when it came out. But yeah, it's um uh, when they came out, and uh, mm -hmm. but that's I I mean my I just immediately noticed that that there was way more people of, of color involved um, than uh, in the lesbian or uh, gay space. Yeah, and I think a big thing that I think, uh, like, the internet world is hopefully now realizing about bisexuality is, I think for a while there was this idea, I mean, it's always been an idea that, that another stigma and assumption that bi people have had to work to overcome is the assumption that it's binary or, like, reinforces yeah, yeah. the yeah. gender binary. Um, my partner is uh, trans non-binary. Um, and I also identify as non-binary now. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just like, I think there's, that was another thing that was really liberating for me. Cause I was like, oh, I can finally talk about this. I was so worried that my identity was like erasing other people's. Um, but I also couldn't shake the, the word and how, how much the word had kind of meant to me mm -hmm. my whole life. And so, that's that's why I really wanted to make sure this memoir like talked about it super overtly. Yeah. Like you yeah. know, using the word I, like a ridiculous amount. I haven't done a word count, but I'm sure it's yeah. a lot. Um, and just being really blunt about that. Um, and I yeah, originally an original draft of the book had like a 25 page FAQ at the beginning, um, and it it. I ended up having to delete it because it was not like an engaging way to start the book. Yeah. But it had all these things about like, is bisexuality binary? No. Like, is gender binary? No. Here's like cited instances throughout history where uh, gender nonconforming people existed. And yeah. um, ultimately, I like moved all that stuff around. So most of the ideas are still in there. But there's so many misconceptions that I wanted to like, like, address right off the bat yeah yeah well that's that's interesting because i i feel like and i think sheree may have addressed this in her book again i have a hard time teasing out the two now <laughs> but um the idea that we have to go on the defensive automatically when we talk about bisexually bis 
we talk about bisexuality, for example, when I've come out, I've, I've heard myself say things like, oh, but I don't have threesomes. Oh, but I'm mm-hmm. very monogamous. And it's like, why do I feel like I have to defend myself immediately? This should be my moment to invite people into my life, not, you know, defend myself against attack before it even happens. But we're kind of, I feel that our community is put in that position. Totally. Defensive because we are under attack constantly, but I'm tired. I don't know about you guys. I'm tired of defending myself. It's like, yeah, oh, what yeah. You want. And then, you know, what's coming out of my mouth ends up being like, you know, not very sex positive. So, yeah. Go ahead. Think that I'm having threesomes. I don't, why do I care? Why do I care what people mm-hmm. think? Um, yeah. You know? I, I think like that's, I, sex positivity is a big part of like my approach um and just like the the way i see the world um and so that that's i guess that's also kind of why it's called greedy i guess it's about it's also about taking up space as a woman or someone who identified as a woman for a long time um and like fighting the patriarchy through that lens um but i totally agree that it's there's there are a lot of of buts that I want to say every time I say I'm bisexual and so like that that 25 page FAQ that was like my version of doing that in the book yeah and then I was like wait I don't this can be way simpler first of all and then also like people just they have to like I can get some of this out of the way because I have a duty to educate like Mm -hmm. with this book um but then some of it can be stuff I learned like uh, I was not, even though bisexuality includes all genders or like can be defined as being attracted to more than one gender, um, I was not aware that more than two genders existed for like a lot of my life. And so when yeah. writing the book, I had to kind of deal with the, like, I would be like, I would date women. And then I would be like, and other genders, but I, I wasn't dating other genders because I didn't know how or that they existed um and i mean i i ended up having like a few a few exchanges so then i was like oh well this actually is fair um but you know when it comes down to it nobody really knows what gender you're dating totally unless you have a genetic (laughs) screening or something or so well i mean even that like wouldn't be be able to tell you right and And then there's something else i read yeah, and, and something else I read that was super interesting that was in the FAQ that got cut um, is that, like, I was looking up gender-fluid people throughout history and, like, evidence of that, uh, and someone mentioned that, like, Joan of Arc uh, may have been gender-fluid or, like, like likely was, yeah. um, but we yeah. so often define Joan of Arc as a woman uh but like a butch woman sort of uh, or like that's but like perhaps Joan of Arc was a trans man or like perhaps yeah. Joan of Arc was was non-binary or like perhaps Joan of Arc did not care to entertain conversations of gender whatsoever yeah. Yeah. um and yeah, yeah. And I mean and to me I, I think I've said this before on other podcasts but um or episodes the how we define women is very cultural. So to me, mm-hmm. being a woman, I'm not very culturally uh, gender conforming. Um, but to me, I, why am I still not a woman? I'm, I, I mean, you can set up a word and it can be binary. And to me, I feel like I make the word, let's make the word less binary. 
Yeah, I mean, that's totally a, an yeah. awesome way to reclaim gender, I feel yeah. like. But yeah, I mean, something, so the last essay in my book deals with gender. Um, it's called Gender is a Drag, a Timeline. And it like goes through like a timeline of, of historical events of like how gender was kind of created like into my own life, into quarantine, which is when I really started like questioning my own gender and like questioning what, a, how we define woman. Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot um, because I, I was at some event where uh, someone uh, mentioned that they, they needed a hysterectomy for like medical reasons, mm -hmm. um, but a doctor wouldn't perform it for them um, because he said it would not be right to uh, take away their womanhood. And then the person was like, does that mean that I'm, that women who have hysterectomies are not women? Yeah, like, does yeah. it, like what? And then, mm -hmm. and then it brings up this whole question of like, what, like, what is a woman? Like, how do you even define it? And so when I was trying to like figure out if I was non-binary, I was like, what is non-binary? And my partner was like, I don't know, like, <laughs> I'm like, you tell me. And so I was like, uh, okay, I guess it's like a feeling yeah, and yeah. that's how I feel. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's a good, a good, uh, I think description of gender and just in general, it should be just kind of how, how a feeling, but unfortunately gender has been weaponized. Mm -hmm. for so long now it has to become a concrete thing and kind of going back to what elizabeth was saying about okay it's just a word yeah it's a word that kind of it should be a kind of vague guide instead of like a very concrete thing yeah yeah, yeah. there's there's actually a, a song lyric that i i think i hope it made it into the final book i think it did um by the artist empress of that really like really helped me think about gender it's like it's a song with basically only one lyric and the lyric is I'm only a woman if woman is a word um and I like just really love to think about that because it's like I mean all the stuff is just so made up like even even bisexuality it's like a you know it's a label that I, that I have found so much freedom and personal growth in claiming but like it's a word and like yeah. all words are just that um and and i i think it's freeing to know that like we can use those things when they help us and let go of them when they harm us or mm -hmm. think that we need to be in certain boxes because of them like i feel like that's learning to engage with language in that way has been really helpful for me yeah definitely yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting me to me your friend i'm kind of stuck on that what you said about your friend um and the, the truth is, is that women's bodies have been used against them to control them. The fact mm -hmm. that you have no uterus, that's your childbearing. So what, sterile people, yep. sterile women aren't women, you know, um, it's, it's, that's, yeah. that's a, it, it's hard for women um, under a certain age to get their tubes tied, for example, if they only have one child or no children, mm -hmm. um, you have a hard time finding a doctor to do that. Um, and, uh, it, that's not who we are as, as women. First off, we're human. Yeah, you're not first. defined yeah. by your ability to, <laughs> to bear children. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and if you've seen some people's children, you know, that's a bad definition. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. But, uh, 
I also think that's a really like trans exclusive definition. I mean, obviously, Um, but I think, uh, I think a lot about the fact that trans women uh, often are like accused of perpetuating hyper femininity, uh, like in order to prove their, or in in like that, that's just like a common uh, debate from like, yeah transphobic people yeah um or not debate just like a common it invalid yeah, yeah. perspective right. um but Obviously, the reason <laughs> the reason that historically trans women have had to kind of uh perform femininity in almost like an exaggerated way um is because like often to get gender affirming surgeries um yeah. you would have to answer like questionnaire in the in like the 80s you would have to answer questionnaires that were like do you like to cook like, do you want to, like, clean the house? Like, you know, all these very just sexist no. ideas that were, like, <laughs> how they defined a woman. The Donna uh, Reed litmus test. Yeah, I certainly exactly. don't pass any of those. No, yeah, same. So, like, if, yeah, totally we're same. <laughs> There's also a, a blurb in my book about how much I hate cooking. And I just bought yes. a shirt that said, I hate cooking. It's in the style of an apron. And I'm like oh, that's so awesome. pumped about it. Oh, I'm gonna look for this shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. But yeah, it's all about controlling women via their uterus and, and controlling women's reproduction. And, and controlling so, the right who yeah. who gets to claim womanhood but by yeah, way exactly. of the uterus. Like and the, having and trans, that be transphobia is just very anti-feminist if you think about it. Totally. It's totally a very anti-woman. Yeah. And I I get really irritated with the you know, the turf community um, buying into that shit. Yeah, I really do. Um, but yeah, I mean, anyway, gives a shit. <laughs> you know, it's like that person's happy and healthy. Um, what do you care? Uh, that what do any of us care? Whether we identify as bisexual or um, transgender, if, if we're happy and healthy um, and living our best life, and let go, let it go. You don't have to. Yeah, it. it's funny. It used to be that um, trans uh, transgender people. The first one that was in the United States, it was seen as a marvel of science. Oh, wow, look what science can do. And uh, even in some mm. like religious communities, which I find really interesting too, you'll find the odd, very conservative religious community thinking it's okay because it's a cure to being gay. And uh, yeah, in Iran, another that's thing. why they do it. Yeah. 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 Another thing I learned from Shiri's work uh, was about bisexuality's history, mm-hmm. um, like kind of interlocking with the intersex community um and the fact that like they used to think that if you were gay it meant you were a woman in mm-hmm. <clears throat> it meant you were a woman in inside like yes. in your brain yeah um so they were like more willing to think through like uh gender in that mm-hmm. way than sexuality and they obviously hadn't separated those ideas yeah um but with bisexuality, it meant they thought it meant you were intersex in your brain, which is mm-hmm. super interesting. Um, yeah, just felt like a relevant thing. Okay. Yeah, it's just not our fault that everybody's so damn attractive. It's not <laughs> I know, no, right? no, it's not. <laughs> kind of swinging back to what we were talking about a little bit before, but uh, how do you think that the bi community can strengthen itself by creating more bi spaces to support people? I mean, I think that like anytime anyone says out loud that they're bisexual, it's like doing a lot of work for the bi community. It's like destigmatizing, normalizing, 
you know, visibility, all these things. Like, there's a reason that, like, that by visibility day exists um, because it, like, directly combats erasure. Like, it's, like, in direct opposition to a challenge we're experiencing. Um, and, like, it's not necessarily enough. Like, we have to kind of also, like, destigmatize as we are visible um, because as it as it is currently like allies are not doing that work for us um because of this perception of of privilege and um yeah but um i think i think just like one one thing that bi people can do um is try to uh come get each other when we see people make treating bisexuality as a binary sexuality as like I'm attracted to men and women um, because I think that that really, really hurts our cause and it really hurts non-binary bisexuals. And it really just is, I mean, it's an erasure of a whole like yeah. uh, area of our community, whole group of people. Um, and it, it also like really stigmatizes the term. Um, and uh, yeah, I think like I, there in the very beginning when I was choosing between bi and pan and then I like learned this stuff I was like oh yeah I don't have to be pan and I like I felt probably like a little bit of like anger toward the pan community um I've had like some pan trolls who have yeah. been like very much harassing me um so I yeah um I like definitely projected a bit of that their yeah. actions like yeah. onto the broader community um but i i think it's like so important to be like sweet to whatever anyone's sexual identity yeah. is like if someone's pan amazing if that word hit them the right way like amazing you know like that's a good thing that it's a good thing for people to be happy like that's yeah. a good yeah, thing exactly. so i i think that i don't i don't think the bi community really gatekeeps um very much but but sometimes we do and sometimes i catch myself doing it too like like wondering like oh are they like really bi and then I'm yeah. like what it doesn't they're bi they're bi they're yeah. bi I've done and that myself. yeah it's really I think we got to work on that because yeah. it was hard for a lot of us I'm sure it was really hard for me I know um and yeah I think that's our biggest obstacle yeah well the concept of gold star unfortunately it's still way stronger than it needs to be and I think yeah. we all kind of have to check that in ourselves a little bit once in a while Definitely. Totally. Well, you know, all this cultural stuff we've grown up with and, and you're significantly younger than us, I think. Um, I, oh. I couldn't understand a lot of references, the cultural references. Oh God, I'm sorry. But no, no, that's not <laughs> your fault. That's, that's my age. I, I turned 50 last week, but, um, oh, come um, happy birthday. Thank you. But Are a you lot Libra? Of this, I'm on the cusp 22nd. Okay, I so. feel like there's a surplus of bisexual Libras, is why I asked. Yeah. Like, and it's like an babies. indecision thing. There's a and surplus so of just... September babies because it's really cold in the. Ah, yeah. That's, <laughs> just, oh, that's why perhaps there's just a October. surplus yeah. of Libras. <laughs> oh, any, anyway, the, um, oh, dang it. The cultural, I mean, all this stuff is cultural. We grew up in this culture, and it's not easy to shed those things or to shed that thinking. Um, it's, it's part of who we are uh, mentally. And uh, so it's, I, I try to give people space um, and patience, but at the same time, you know, being a subversive identity, you kind of lose, lose a little patience. There's got to yeah. be spaces, though, for people who, I, I mean, even still, some people are attracted to uh, cis men and cis women. 
you know, I, but I to say think, all of us are, is, it's not okay. But, I, but I do think that that is not like, I, I think that that saying that kind of, mm-hmm. it dismisses that trans women are women and trans men are men. Yeah. And I, I feel like, isn't That's that, true. isn't that the like, kind of transphobic idea that, that pansexuality was sort of created out of because it it thought that bisexuality uh was only attracted to cisgender um men and women but like inherently by separating those two like it's sort of also a transphobic idea yeah um but i like because i mean something that i've had to work on a lot like and and something that i worked on with my friend ben uh who again in the book um, a, a, a greedy celebrity, if you will. Um, he, he once said to me like that his bisexuality only included men and women. Like, I think he was encompassing trans women and trans men in that, but Mm -hmm. he was excluding non-binary people. And I was like, Ben, that's like wrong. Like to say that you're not attracted to non-binary people as like a bi person is, is like wrong. And, um, he was like, well, I've never met a a non-binary person that I've been attracted to. And I was like, non-binary people can look any type of way they can, you know, they can present any way they can act anyway. Um, like I'm a very femme presenting non-binary person and I wasn't, I didn't identify as non-binary at the time or else I would have like been like, well, you dated me. Um, (laughs) now, now I would say that I would say that, but he has since like changed his tune and he's now like been messaging with a non-binary person. Um, but I think it just like, we, we need to like recognize that it's like a, a preference is different than like a sexuality. Yeah. And it's also yeah. not something that you necessarily need to like in- include in that. Uh, like, and, and it, it is something, that type of preference I think is also something you have to unpack as like, uh, why do I, like what, what kind of trans, like stigma against trans people am I including within my preference? The same way that like, um, I mean, having like a preference for, like thin people, I've seen the the fat positive community talk a lot about this. Um, like having a, a preference for thin people is like inherently a fat phobic perspective, even though you might not even think of it as a preference. It's just like you know something that you have kind of like internalized and like put upon your own ideas. I know. I kind of see it as people on their journeys, though. You know, and you start out, you don't know. Maybe they don't know about all that stuff. Um, yeah, but I do that's think beginning, it's a starting point to at least recognize it. Uh, yes, I I, I hear that, but I think there's uh, harm in like like those those people on their journeys. Like I've been on that journey also. Like yeah. I love learning all this shit, you know. Um, and I've I've also been like on social justice Instagram for like a long time, so I'm you know, I'm the social justice warrior that the, the right warns you about, like, I'm the worst kind. Um, but, uh, I think that it is really important to make sure that we aren't, um, 
that, that those journeys and those processes of unlearning, which I have done a lot of myself uh, mm-hmm. on learning, um, I've probably, and I mean, almost definitely hurt people in the process because like my flawed perspective, while it was like part of the dominant ideologies of society, like it still dismissed their identity. Um, and so like learning to decenter my journey in that has been a big part of the work, I think, and like putting the focus back on the people who who I dismissed, and like what's the way that we can uh, kind of make sure that that bisexuality is an inclusive definition uh, moving forward as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. that's why I like same and different. It, yeah, same you know? same gender, different genders. Yes, homo means same anyway. So it's that's what how yep. they're doing it. Why mm-hmm. wait, but. Yeah, and I think just there's a lot of work just in our perceptions when it comes to attraction too. How much of our attraction is being molded by, you know, different society norms and things like that to where you can say, well, I'm only attracted, like, for instance, you know, I'm only attracted to thin people. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to start out to say why. Yeah, exactly. You know, where is it that you're truly just attracted or do you have a bunch of cultural crap that's been piled up on you about our toxic body culture and that can be you know kind of across the board you know these are great places to start having conversations with yourself totally and everything around you and go yeah. yeah i think that's the the thing that i typically see like with regards to like a preference it's like well ask yourself why you have the preference um oh, yeah. and yeah. And, preferences and like, change. yeah. So, yeah. And they change, but also like ask yourself if there's uh, like some stigmas yeah. or systems that you're perpetuating with like said preference. Um, yeah. So, um, do you have any other upcoming events or projects that you'd like to announce? And where can people buy your work? Oh, God. This book is the only thing, literally the only thing happening in my life. So, you can buy my book. That's my upcoming project. Um, it, uh, it's called Greedy Notes from a Bisexual Who Wants Too Much. Um, and you can buy it wherever books are sold. Uh, and um, I'm doing a bunch of virtual events, which um, you can keep track of if you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, I guess. Um, I'm trying to do that now, um, which is like... Yeah. Uh, talk about like yeah, that. I feel my age heavily on there. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, my handle is at generous with a J. Um, and you can subscribe to the bi monthly at the bi monthly.substack.com. Cool. Thank you for that. Very cool. Yay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And do you have a website? Uh, no. I, oh, well, I guess my website is greedy-bisexual.com. It's like a book website, but yeah, oh, nice. you can find me there. Yes. Yeah. Um, and anything else that you wanted to mention before we leave? Um, just thank you so much for having me. It like really means a lot to like have these conversations and yeah, I, I, I enjoyed our chat. Yeah, awesome. thank you for being here. Yeah, thank yeah. you for being here and thank you for, uh, for writing Greedy because it's it's nice to not only see other people's, you know, their lives, but it helps you think about kind of what you went, you went through yourself and mm-hmm. where the two meet. 
Yeah, I saw a lot yeah. of our, my own journey and yours, and it was fun to follow you growing in your sexuality because um, it does Good. It follows you as you grow and it, it was like watching you grow into your own sexuality um, and Aww, I'm happy to hear that into a you know fully formed human being too because you start young yeah <laughs> I love I well yeah <laughs> yeah I love that you you went Aww. through the whole thing it was great well thank you so much yeah thank you for joining us today Jen Winston and the book is greedy notes from a bisexual who wants too much Jen when's the book due out October 5th, October 5th. Remember your independent booksellers. Yes. <laughs> and bookshop.org. That's right. Yes. There you go. And uh, thank you, Mick, as well. Mick no problems. Yay. And I'm Elizabeth Meacham. Remember, there's a whole Bi Plus universe ready to embrace you. Reach out and find your community. 